0: This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by Taylor Business Solutions, an operations management firm for the busy and overwhelmed entrepreneur who's juggling multiple brands. They perfect and streamline the backbone of your business. So that means follow-ups, sales, and all of your operations needs. The Taylor team has increased the bottom line of businesses by over $10,000 a month with their strategies and solutions. Taylor and her team are offering an operations improvement session for over 60% off just for the Blessed and Bossed Up listeners. Listen, y'all, don't miss out on this opportunity to get the structure of your business together and to stop leaving money on the table. So go to www.thetailoredbiz.com book to reserve your session. Don't forget to use the offer code BBU19 so that you can claim your discount. Now let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode because we have two guests. I don't think we've had two guests on this show in a long time. So I'm just really excited about the guests that we have today. Um, Currently, we're in Miami. So we spoke at the Pink Slip Experience this week. So we've been hanging out with each other for like the past five days down here working and playing. It's we've just had an amazing time. Shout out to Tamisha, Jada, and um Janessa. We met all of them this week at the Pink Slip experience. It's always just a humbling experience to meet people who listen to the podcast in person and to just see like the impact This show has made, as you guys know, is I mean, when you record a podcast, you just talk to yourself for an hour and upload it on the internet. So to be able to meet people in person who've been impacted by what God is doing through me is just always a surreal and out of body experience. So I definitely had to shout y'all out. Uh, It was such a pleasure meeting you guys. But back to our guests. So I'm sitting here with my girls, Janae and Tish. So I'm not going to get into y'all's story. Y'all can kind of like introduce yourself and tell people what you do tish has been on the podcast a couple times but it's been like at least a year since she's been on the show so and we've grown <laughs> girl what <are> you doing? <laughs> and the podcast has grown tremendously um since she's been on the show so um she'll definitely be reintroducing herself to some and introducing herself to others so i'll let her and janae go ahead and introduce themselves and tell you guys a little bit about what they do
1: Hi, guys. So my name is Janae, and um, I am a teen therapist and an author. So I do some really cool work with teenagers and families in the community, just making sure teens understand how to express themselves, their emotions in a healthy way, and to just make sure that they're not, you know, introducing any type of trauma into their lives based on decision-making. And, of course, I write books for teens as well, so self-help books for teens because, that's a lane that really isn't targeted enough, um, and so I really just enjoy the work that I do, being able to strengthen families, being able to help teens navigate their lives in a healthy way, and that's just a little bit about what I do. Okay, so nice girl. to meet you guys,
2: <laughs> Tishy poo. <laughs> you going not have people calling me Tishy Poo <laughs> So hey everybody, my name is Letitia Carr, also known as Tish um, Not so- Tishy
0: Poo, y'all can't call her that
2: <laughs> So I am a life coach and self-care strategist I'm also an author as well um, And I actually help entrepreneurs to develop a healthy business culture So that you and your business and your employees and everyone around you can thrive And so I really just enjoy helping people to Get their life together, essentially. So, um, that's a little bit about me and
0: okay, girl, what All I right. do. So, I really wanted to talk to you guys today because we were—I mean, the conversations that we've been having over the last couple of days, and not even just with us, but with like Tiffany and Kristen, just everybody we've been hanging out with. In and out, Taylor, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. The conversations that we have that are normal to us are not normal to everybody else. Like, even being at the Pink Slip experience, a lot of people who feel lonely in their entrepreneurial journey, or they feel like they can't really see past where they are right now. And then for us, it's like, girl, we've been there. Like, we know exactly how you feel. We know exactly what you're going through. And we know that you're going to get through what you're going through. But when you're in that space where it's like, I know God is calling me to do better and I have this business idea, but I'm not sure. I can't see how this is going to be a big idea. Just that, that state of like vulnerability, I guess is a good word for it. It's really hard to, to see past that. And um, it's just such a blessing for us. We were talking about this the other day about how we all left our jobs around the same time in 2017. So this year will be two years of being self-employed and we haven't had to go back for sure. Don't plan on going back ever, but just have been able to just grow and be blessed and thrive before leaving our jobs as well as after. So I want to just talk to you guys about that journey. What was that journey to being self-employed like for you?
2: Yeah. So for me, I think mine has been just by the grace of God, because I left my job six months prior to what I had planned. So I worked with Raven as my business coach and I had a set date. I had a whole plan of Mm -hmm. when I was going to leave my job and what actually happened was my boss came called me into the office and I was like, Oh, she was like, I need to talk to you. And I was thinking, Oh Lord, she's gonna fire me because I had been all over the place. Not like, not that I wasn't coming to work, but I would I had PTO. So I was taking my PTO and I'm yeah. thinking like, okay, she's not she's not with this. So she calls me into the office and says, I need to talk to you. And she tells me that after working there 17 years, that she was leaving mm-hmm. and that she had never felt appreciated there. They never appreciated her they she felt like they would easily replace her and i just thought to myself my little six months here you know i'm trying to hold on to it just because i'm thinking oh i need to help them do blah 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 thing before i leave or i need to set this up and it was like a a aha moment of like girl you gotta go too and it took me a week to really like let that seep in because i was like that feeling i just had this feeling this gut-wrenching feeling like you gotta go yeah and So I, so a week later I put in my two weeks and I said to her and to the person who was replacing her, this isn't about y'all, this is about me. And I was planning to leave anyway. Right. Um, And so from that point, it really has been by the grace of God that I have been able to continue to thrive Mm -hmm. um, and learn about myself and grow. Um, And I think this year in 2019, God has really revealed to me how much more he wants from me and how much further he wants me to go. So to be honest, it really has been by the grace of God and having really, and that God has put some really good dope entrepreneur friends in my life who understand the struggle and understand the success. Mm -hmm. So you have people to talk to you and to encourage you. And you may have some people who are, you know, in the struggle with you and then the other people who are in the success that can pour into you and say, Hey, we've all been there. Keep going. Don't give up. And the people who are, you know, where you are in any kind of way who are saying, okay, I'm here with you and we're not giving up. So I think that that has really been my journey, Mm -hmm. um, without going into every detail that has been my, my biggest, my biggest two things is God's grace and having
0: the tribe to kind of keep me encouraged and keep me moving. Well, going back to you having that moment, that aha moment of, oh, it's my time to leave. I think a lot of people may get to that point, but it them actually putting in that two weeks <laughs> and leaving is like a whole lot more complicated than it may have been for you. So like, how did you get over, I guess, that fear of taking that leap of faith?
2: Um, so I have been preparing mentally mm-hmm. for over a year to leave my job I knew I was going to leave my job I knew I was going to leave my job from before the time I hired Raven like probably a year or so before I hired our business coach and I was like okay you're going to do this this is what you're called to do so you got to figure it out and so when that aha moment came it was just like like a push off a cliff like you know and it was like I was scared I was afraid but uh, my best friend was like, I got you, you know, we, He he's my roommate too. And he was like, I got you. Like, if you fall, we going to fall together. Like I yeah. had people there encouraging me. And I think that's my biggest blessing in life is that mm-hmm. I always have people who encourage me mm-hmm. to do all the things that other people might think are like, you know, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but really to take the time to, to take, I took that time to say, okay, God, is this really my time to go? And I, yeah. that gut feeling never went away for that week. And I was like, okay, I got to yeah. put that two weeks in because what are you going to do for the next six months with this gut feeling? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Am I going to feel like this for six months? Cause I felt like this for a week. And so just being okay with uh, transitions Mm -hmm. and mentally and emotionally preparing yourself that transitions aren't always easy. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they just have to
0: happen even when things aren't perfect. Mm -hmm. So then what about that group of having that tribe of entrepreneur friends? Because most of us are taught like, okay, we're going to go to college. We're going to get a job. Then our friends become friends growing up to friends from college to friends from work. How do you transition from those friends that you just accumulated over your life to entrepreneur friends? Like that's hard to find for a lot of people.
2: Yeah. So for the most part, most of my entrepreneur friends came from investing in myself. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, going to conferences, being a part of a coaching program, going to masterminds, taking that time to invest in myself, invest in my goals, invest in my dreams, knowing the general I didn't know exactly where I was going. I always say God just showed me one step at a time. But yeah, I always knew bigger picture that I was supposed to work for myself. So putting myself in positions to be around people who also thought like that mm-hmm. and um, I'm an introvert, so I wasn't working the room. I wasn't meeting everybody. I just right. sat next to the people, the people who were next to me and said hello. And we started talking. We built our connection and our bond and just following up with people and mm-hmm. staying connected with people is how I've been able to cultivate that tribe over time.
0: I think that's really good, especially for a good tip for introverts, because everybody says, and Janae, we're gonna get to you because you were extrovert, <laughs> but everybody says like. You got to work the room. You got to work through. And to me, I'm an introvert too. Like that's so intimidating. Yes. I'm not working nobody's room. I'm probably sitting in a back. I came with very specific reasons <laughs> to why I'm here. I'm not that person that's going to chit chat with everybody. But that's a good point to just talk to the person next to you is easy. That's how me and you met. We were sitting.
2: Ne- we were sitting next to each other at Bible study. Oh yeah, that's I right. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I think we're in the same uh, coaching group or uh-huh, something like that. And uh-huh. I just talked to the person next to me. You yeah. Know? And so, like, and then the other important part is not just talking to the person next to you, learning learning what they do, and uh, you know. Not only following up, but also being genuinely supportive of their dream and their goals. Mm -hmm. And when you build relationships like that, people will never forget it. You know, people Mm -hmm. will never forget you sending an email and saying, hey, I really liked your business idea. And then you guys cultivating that Mm -hmm. that idea. So it's not just about it has to be genuine or it's just
1: not going to work work out.
0: That's true. That's true. Okay. So what about you, Janae? What was your journey to self-employment?
1: Um, so my journey to self-employment was a little different. I actually liked my job. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I was a therapist, so mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed it. Um, but I just couldn't understand why I wasn't making more money. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I was just so confused. Right. I was like, I went to school. I have all this money and loans. Right. And, you know, why am I not making more to actually pay this back? Yeah. Um Yeah. So that was confusing to me and I didn't understand, uh, the tax, the taxing work that you do as a therapist to not Mm -hmm. be compensated and to Mm -hmm. still have to pour so much into the job, which you don't mind because you enjoy pouring into the people, Mm -hmm. but it's frustrating when you have agencies that don't want to pour back into you and it's like, I don't understand how one plus one is not equal in (laughs) money, you know, in this situation, um, and so that's what happened. I was frustrated with the agency work. Um, I just really I really outgrew the position. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going toe-to-toe with the director because her ideas are not really working. And I'm yeah. like, well, sis, um, let's do this. And other people are agreeing with me mm-hmm. and not the director. So then that was causing, mm-hmm. you know, like this very interesting culture shift. Um, the insurance companies were agreeing with my therapeutic ideas over the director's. Like, it just oh, yeah. became this mm-hmm. thing, like... Now, you know, there was a target on my back because I was so good at my job mm-hmm. and I was really just kind of thriving and excelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I started doing therapy part time before I left. And I was like, OK, let me just mm-hmm. tiptoe. Let me try it. Let me try it. Um, and then I just felt like God just kept making it uncomfortable. He was like, you're yeah. just going, you just not, you just going to ignore me. <laughs> and I, just was like, I mean, God, I don't know if I could do this full time. Like I just mm-hmm. there were so many things I think that. um So while I'm an extrovert by nature, I can be afraid to take risks. You know, I'm an only Mm -hmm. child. I'm used to just kind of maneuvering alone and not having a lot of safety net, right? Mm -hmm. Other than God, right? So I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I'm good at this. I -hmm. could probably navigate this a little bit, so... God just really continued to make it uncomfortable. Like, yeah. everything just kept happening at work that was uncomfortable. It was like, oh, I really like all of my coworkers. And everybody started leaving. <laughs> and I'm like, Dad. Oh, wow, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, like, he just kept doing that. My my supervisor, I was like, oh, I love my supervisor. Then all of a sudden, sis comes into work and says, she's leaving in six weeks. I said, oh, no. Oh, mm-hmm. no. This is not, <laughs> not going to work. She was the last reason. And I remember her emailing Tish or texting Tish. I think I text you, Tish. And I was like oh, mm. Tish over here giving me some shade guys. <laughs> I was telling Tish, I'm like, I'm about to just put in like a sixty day notice. She said, Girl, you better not play yourself. Sixty day. Sixty day notice. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> you don't i was be doing nothing for them sixty exactly. days. Exactly. <laughs> but you're having a headache, right? Uh-huh. So I was so scared. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go in and I'm just mm-hmm. gonna do it. Um, I trusted that, you know, God laid the foundation for me because even in doing therapy Mm part-time, I was successful. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was like, I have to, I don't have more time to give to it. So if I have more time to give to it, then Mm -hmm. I could be, you know, more successful. Um, And the other part of that is I really had to learn to say no. Mm -hmm. and be comfortable with no because once my financial situation initially changed Mm -hmm. i just couldn't do the things that i used to do Mm -hmm. and that made me feel very bad because me and my friends be connected by going to brunch and doing different things and i lived in philly so i would be getting on the road to the dmv but i'm like gas tolls and Mm -hmm. then going out Mm -hmm. i don't have money for that right now Mm -hmm. um i had to miss out on friends important things because i'm like i can't afford it right now yeah um so I had to get comfortable with saying no. Mm-hmm. I had to get comfortable with not being the friend that could always be there because I kind of pride myself on that. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm the lovey-dovey friend. Mm-hmm. Like, give me hugs, with you need, kind of thing. So I couldn't do that, and so I found myself just kind of being, you know, shaken up by that. So I had to be okay with being no, um, with saying no. I had to be okay with not being a friend in that moment that could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I agree with Tish, just kind of having a supportive group and recognizing that even some of your friends that aren't on that journey with you may not yeah. get that right yeah. now mm-hmm. but that's okay we don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right isn't that what mm-hmm. some old grandma said <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know and I had to really learn how to just um keep my friends that were there because they still loved me although mm-hmm. I was going through these transitions and then embrace the new people that were coming into my life mm-hmm. but um it was it was easy and rough at the yeah. same time, because I knew it was for me. Mm-hmm. I think I just wasn't sure exactly how much it was going to be for me and what was yeah. really going to come of it. Um, but I'm glad I'm here now. And I'm good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but how did you handle though that like that fear that uncertainty because you taking the risk like you decide I'm going to put in this notice that's like, okay, that's the first step, but I'm still scared. And then those days start counting down when it's time for you to leave and then it gets realer and realer. And then it's like, I can't do the things I used to do anymore. It's like, people think you you quit your job and then all of a sudden it's like... Woo! money everywhere you yeah like you're just dancing. walking in like a, a a field of roses or something like it's not like that it gets harder actually and more nerve-wracking because the pressure is on you now you could be at work and not do anything for two weeks and get a paycheck that's you eat what you kill especially like in the beginning when you're really growing and laying that foundation so like how did you navigate those mental roadblocks road as you were leaving
1: uh, great question. So I spent a lot of time, honestly, with Guy out on a trail. I'm an outside outdoors person. So mm-hmm. I would actually go outside of my apartment and walk and just kind of talk out loud. I'm sure some people was looking at me like, who is she talking to? Yeah. And it's like, That's none of your business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just be outside walking, talking, listening to music, sitting down, meditating. Just kind of allowing myself to move, like physically move to mm-hmm. to just keep my anxiety low and my energy where it needed to be. Like, okay, you can do this. Like mm-hmm. God has put this on you. And every time I would walk, I'm like, I would feel like, okay, you can do this. Yeah. So I would take that time to kind of walk and talk with God. It's like my walk and talks. Um, and then I would come back and just do the work, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we actually just have to sit down and like do the do work yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> like whether yeah. that's you know, you create in your your therapist profile mm-hmm. whether that's your research in office spaces mm-hmm. whether that's you're just reading other therapist profiles like just start to do mm-hmm. the work and so I found myself in a space of just doing mm-hmm. like if you do you'll notice you'll you're, you know you're um what's the, what am I trying to say you're knocking off a piece of what is a part of the bigger empire yeah like just doing something small will help mm-hmm. you have better understanding of your craft mm-hmm. and if you just keep doing something small you realize you've already done a big thing, yeah, um so that was kind of how I combated my fear mm-hmm. called my friends invented a lot of yeah. them allowed me to just do that and I was very appreciative of that um so all of those things kind of mixed together really helped me and I just really became more aggressive mm-hmm. with my business it was like, okay, now I really need to follow up now I really need to advertise now I really need to get content out on Instagram there's nothing stopping me now mm-hmm. I have to get it done so. I worked, walked and talked with God and vented to friends for hours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so for the both of you, like what were some of those adjustments or those things that you did to prepare? Because I think the commonality between all of us is we didn't wake up one day and was like, I'm going to leave my job. Like we prepare, we invested in a business coach and followed the program and things like that. But of course, a coach, Raven isn't the reason why we're self-employed. She provided resources and things, mm-hmm. but it's our own work ethics and our own um ambitions is the reason why we're self-employed but what were some of the things that you did to like prepare like your finances your business structure time management like all of that stuff to get ready for
1: it um so for me the saving part I didn't do that well on so anyone listening Uh, you know (laughs) um, get you a solid plan um, going beforehand Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't do as well with that but I did have like vacation payout you know different things like that that I was able to kind of utilize to help me going help me keep going but before that my business was already set up like legally the structure was already done all of that was done all of that was completed Um, and what I attempted to do was just take the time that I was using to work to actually work on my business as well so like keeping a time structure Mm -hmm. to make sure that I was kind of already ready and plan, you know, planning to do different things that I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think that those were the main things I had the business already set up. I already talked to people about, okay, I want to come in an extra day at the office so that I knew that I could prepare for new hours. Mm -hmm. I had already told people that were interested because I was nurturing my audience. Right. So I think that this is something important. Um, When you're an entrepreneur, you want to be a full-time entrepreneur you kind of have to know the route you're going. Like, you're not going to know everything. There are going to be some detours. We were talking about detours earlier. There are definitely going to be some detours, but you still need to know your route. So I knew that because I talked a lot about team mental health online, that once I had more openings, people would be interested in the openings because I was already laying the foundation for what I do and my expertise. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to make sure you are laying that groundwork so that there's an interest in you, right? You've created a buzz around you and what you do when you're a unique, you know, value proposition in your business. And so I did that. I was already visible as the team whisperer. So when <laughs> yeah. I put things out there, it mm-hmm. was like, oh, she's doing this. Let me sign up. I remember there were times I would just post on Facebook like, hey, I have a cancellation and somebody would call my call my phone like, is that still available? We're coming in. So because I just already nurtured my audience Mm -hmm. that um, they were there for me pretty much Mm -hmm. when it was time for me to, you know, really put it out there and get things started. So. I think it's important to build your audience, build your buzz, kind of keep yourself already in um, the front because you want to be front of mind. You want to be top of mind when someone thinks about your industry and what's going on. And so I feel like that really helped me Mm -hmm. um, when it was time to just go full steam ahead.
2: Okay. What about you, Tish? So for me, I'm going to come from a different perspective because really what I needed to do was some internal work to prepare for this because of, because of the, um, the emotional and mental tasks that it takes to be an entrepreneur, and just something in me told me that I needed to work on myself internally, mm-hmm. so I focus a lot on my own personal transformation in preparation for helping other people with their own personal transformation too. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was really important for me to focus on that as I was building my business and building my brand and those kind of things. And so for me, well, I will say like Janae, I didn't do that great, jo- great job of saving <laughs> either, but yeah. what I did do was nurture a lot of good friendships and my friends looked out for me when I really, really needed it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was there for other people. So they looked out for me. So mm-hmm. um, that's not a great savings plan guys, So right. don't my lead, but um, that's, you know, t- truth be told. Right. so but the personal transformation part was really important because you you can't just uh take a huge leap of faith and you've done no work on yourself and no and haven't focused any on your relationship with god you haven't focused anything on your relationship with yourself or anything right so i took my time to do that i took a about a at least a year, like all of twenty sixteen, I focused on my own personal transformation, and that was really important for me, and I think that has helped me grow tremendously. I don't have the stage fright I used to have because mm-hmm. what was happening now, I would have this fear and these insecurities about getting in front of people and not knowing what I was talking about yeah. and that would stop my money if I still had that <laughs> issue, right, So I really focus on the personal transformation um and then, as far as everything else like. We had a business coach, so it was really helpful to have that foundation set. Business structure-wise, I listened to, when I say so many classes on – the importance of business structures and the importance of understanding um, what your accountant is doing and all of those kind of things. I took time to kind of do that like coursework. I'm a learner, but you know, I love to learn, I love to understand things that are happening. So I did a lot of research and those kind of things too. So those are kind of my personal <clears throat> transformation and then also doing coursework and just finding out information that I didn't know because there's a lot of things that I didn't know, there's a lot of things that I still don't know mm-hmm. and still forever learning. So
1: So I want to add that um, being ready for the entrepreneur journey, it had a lot to do with getting a coach and the investment. investment. That financial investment for me (laughs) on that $40,000 salary Uh, was kicking my
0: behind. Me and Jessica talked about like what we had to do to make sure that coach got paid for every
1: listen. (laughs) I'm trying to tell you, but one thing it told me, I knew I was also ready for it because when I had my call, I wasn't even blinking. It was just something in me. And I, I obviously had to be God because if I was listening to anything else, I would have mm. been like, uh uh-uh, uh, I can't even afford that. Right. But I just kept saying it, nope, I'm doing it. Like, nope, I'm doing it. I just, it was just something. And I was like, I'm going for it. Even when I, you know, originally signed the first contract, I was like, I'm going for it. And then I said, Mom. Right. So I went for this. (laughs) But I'm, and you know, and literally, I always say she's my biggest fan because, you know, she said, I'll cut, I'll help you. Like, I'll cover one of these payments for you. And she did. And then there were times where I was able to do it myself. But she was so invested in me. And I kind of just knew that it was time because I was just so quick to make the choices and the decisions. And I was so proud of myself. So. I felt that was really important because once you can make a big commitment to an investment like that and you Mm -hmm. stay the course, that's how I met, you know, you ladies. It's like we're showing up, we're on the call, you know, we're doing all of these things. You realize just how much you actually can be committed to the process of Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship and, you know, taking the risk and how important the risk is and how Mm -hmm. important just showing up, going through the process and just being present really prepares you for entrepreneurship. So that investment piece was like a really big deal for me in terms of knowing I was ready and, you know, preparing myself for it because it was like, if I can do this, and I thought I had nothing. Yeah, You know?
0: And I even, like, all everything. this money I'm paying, listen here, okay, I better be <laughs> I better be able to last without this job. Exactly.
2: exactly. <laughs> and just to piggyback off the investment, the other part of the investment is seeing what somebody else can make. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's I'm going to leave it at that. When you see that somebody else can charge a certain price point, you're yes. like, oh, wow, I can do this too. Yeah. There's a lot of times you make the investment and then you have to, It shifts your mindset about money because you have to say to yourself, okay, how can I make this money? How can I make this money to pay this, but how can I make this money for myself? And so that big investment that we had to make, that shifted my mindset about how things could go for me. I don't have to be tied to a salary Mm -hmm. when I can set my prices based off of my expertise, like Janae said, um, and not have that cap on it. So I think that investment part is such a big piece of it that we overlook a lot. Because of all of the reasons that Janae said and plus being able to see somebody else capable of doing, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's all it takes is, oh, you can do it? Oh, I can do that too. And leaving it at that.
0: That exposure is like so, so important. I always give the example of like my mom, because she was in a network marketing company, she work for herself full-time so I knew I could call in the middle of the day and she'll come get me from school or bring me something so when it came to like going into the real world I was like I don't gotta do this why am I sitting in this cubicle like I know better I I know how we live in like we got money and she don't go to work. Like that means that it's something better out here. I don't, I know I don't want to do what she's doing, but I know there's a better life than this. Like this ain't it. And then even with, um, like you said, making this investment in the coaching program it's like, hold on. I'm paying her this and I count people money. I really do. I'm looking at how much it costs to be in the room and how many people in the room. And I'm taking out my calculator and I'm doing the math Mm -hmm. to see how much money was grossed here. (laughs) And so in doing that and being in some of our like um meetings and mastermind retreats and stuff like that, I'm looking at all of us and I know she got different levels to the program. So I'm like, okay, let me just calculate my cost. I think I'm in the lowest level. So let me calculate my cost. It's about twelve, like I'm doing the math. <laughs> She made that just by these people in the room. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, no. I can do it. Like Tish said, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And then it even, like, challenges you with the pricing. Mm -hmm. Because when you start doing, let's say, coaching, and you trying to figure out what I'm going to charge people, you not ch- exactly. You're not charging ninety seven dollars for a six month coaching session because you know better. <laughs> and so just that exposure, and that's something for you guys as listening that you can do is expose yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I think Tiffany Montgomery has said this recently. She thought making ten thousand dollars is a lot of money until she got in a room with people who's making um, ten thousand dollars a month is a lot of money until she got in a room with people who's making a hundred thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we thought that we was doing something at first because we wanted to start a business. (laughs) Then you get around people who've been self-employed for years and they're making six figures and they're all in their 20s and young. Mm -hmm. You're like, hold up. Mm -hmm. You know, I can do this. Like that exposure. So again, for y'all that's listening, find environments where you can get exposed to better. Like, it's not an excuse if you didn't grow up a certain way. It's not an excuse if you haven't seen anybody do this. Nobody in my family has done that. We have the internet. Find ways to where you can put yourself in rooms where you're exposed to better. So I, now I, w- I do want to talk to you guys about, like, after taking that leap of faith. So the last almost two years now, what has life been self-employed? Matter of fact, before we get into the, the two years from now, what was like that first month? like the first 30 days.
2: <laughs> what was that? I I have an unfair story because my first 30 days was kind of lit because Oh my god. <laughs> but after that it was not lit. <laughs> but the first 30 days I I hosted my very first event mm-hmm. like the the week that I left my job and I was done. Mm-hmm. The next that weekend my first event was and I I planned that event in probably 6 weeks and it was like a dynamic group of speakers mm-hmm. uh there and I looked up in the room and the room was totally full the night before I was crying because I was like okay nobody's going to show up to my event but like yeah. my line sisters and my aunt and <laughs> yeah. my best friend but then when I got in the room and looked up and my tickets had sold out I looked around and the whole entire room was full I was like God, you got, you have placed me in a position to make an Mm -hmm. impact. And so my first 30 days started that way, where it was like, it started with me seeing the vision in reality. And after that, now there was definitely ebbs and flows after that. But the first 30 days, mine started that way. And I'm so grateful for that, because Mm -hmm. I don't know what I would have done. If nobody would have showed up to my event, I probably would have went back to work because my job was more than happy to have me back. They, <laughs> right. went, they wanted me there, right? <laughs> I could have easily just went back. But seeing mm-hmm. that and being like, okay, you have the freedom to to make an impact in the way that you desire to make an impact, the way yeah. that God has placed for you to make the impact. And that is how my first 30 days started. Yeah. Now, ask me about you know, <laughs> day 31 to, uh-huh. to, to who knows when, because I, I definitely have had struggles Yeah, like... Some And with entrepreneurs, sometimes it's like a major struggle. And then other times you're like having a really good, like good opportunities are coming, uh, good money is flowing. And I've had both of those situations. So it's been interesting over the last two years to see that I can stand tall either way and that the money doesn't make or break me. And I told Tatum this before, that sometimes God will put you in a position of being broke. So that he can show you that the money is not what makes you. Right. The money is the money is a resource, but it's not what makes you. And he will hold you over and he will still put you on a pedestal that he has called you to be on with or without the money. And yeah. I think that people overlook that season of their life. Yeah. that That they think that just because they don't have the money in the pocket that God's not blessing them. I have been a witness to being like, okay, I don't have that much money in my bank account. And yet somehow I'm here in California with $27 in my pocket right. and come back with $47 in my pocket just off of strength of yeah. God's grace or something, right? And so those kind of experiences have really built my character. Yeah. And that has been really important in the last two years because if God didn't build up my character, how is he going to trust me in the future? So so it, it took those, those experiences too. So I had the one, the first 30 days was like, brilliant it was it was yeah. like so I felt so good about my decision in those first 30 days because I was like God I see what you're trying to do through me I see what you I see what you want me to do and when the hard times came up I had that thing to anchor me back to yeah I know that I can do this it's not because I'm not that I'm it's not because I'm not capable that this isn't happening for me so I think that for me I needed both experiences to Mm -hmm. see that the faith isn't in the faith isn't in the bank account right the faith is in the doing the work in spite of Mm -hmm. what the bank account says so that's how my two years have been my two years actually is like today really I'm pretty
0: sure like i forget what day but it's first like of all why 20, are we just 30? finding this out like, I'm
1: like
0: <laughs> we oh. should be on south beach right now like what is wrong with you we ain't here recording this podcast it you was definitely dro- this weekend so we we are so trash crazy. oh my god
2: because i didn't realize that i don't really care about <laughs> what is wrong with you <sighs> oh
0: lord jesus i wish to throw something at her but we recording go ahead jenay trash so, not throw the whole life you. coach away. Exactly.
1: <laughs> kind of self-care. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to get you. So my first 30 days, actually similar to Tish, were good. Um, which I don't know how that happened. Yeah. But my first week, I think I secured like a speaking engagement. Like I had like a large book order. Like a lot of great things happened for me mm-hmm. my first month. And that, again, kind of like Tish said, made me feel really good. Like, see? I could do it. Like I was in the house. I was so excited. Like, yeah. God, I knew you wouldn't just leave me hanging. You know, I'm extra, y'all. Like when I talk to God, it's like a whole monologue, soliloquy thing. It's like really dramatic in the house. Um, my dog be looking at me like, sis, who are you talking to? <laughs> but it was really, really great. Now, after that. <laughs> it went on a it went on a downward spiral for a few reasons yeah. um, i really had to sit with the idea that i couldn't be in a lot of friends things like i couldn't be in one of my close friends wedding mm-hmm. um they just cost a lot yeah and i just couldn't do it and i'd rather say no than to be struggling trying to change plans based mm-hmm. on what i couldn't do you know for everybody else um so that became really hard it was really hard to really understand my bills because it's different when you know you just have money coming. Right now, you really have to be strategic with your light usage, your water usage, nah, like for everything.
0: Really.
1: <laughs> you like cutting you everything like, off. I
0: understand my mom. Okay? Okay? Like, why all these lights on in The house showers are cut down <laughs> to <laughs> three minutes.
1: <laughs> Listen, I'm like, okay, like, where can I go for some free food? Yes. Like, let me take a, you know a few more croissants home. <laughs> <laughs> because (laughs) not
0: a few more croissants (laughs)
1: look (laughs) you had to stretch it you had to do what you had Mm -hmm, to do mm -hmm. because you just really understood and realized like okay this is not a game yeah um but then after that too one thing i realized is that when i found myself in positions of serving right to an extent i there was always like a huge manifest Mm -hmm. so like even with one of my current school contracts that came from doing a friend a favor. Like, Hey, can you come talk to, you know, people at the urban league? I'm like, sure. You know, mental health, you know, mental health, mental wellness for black people. I'm always Mm -hmm. down to have a conversation. And she like always supported, showed up for me for everything. So I'm like, of course I'll come. I didn't know it was going to be out of school. I didn't know the principal was going to be there. But what happened? I'm there. The principal's there. As I'm talking to adults, I'm mixing in how my passion our teens and tweens and so the principal's like, of course, I need to talk to you. Yeah. Her and I talk. We meet we met the next week and then that turned into a whole a whole school contract for me. And it was from a, you know, a free engagement, but something that yeah. I felt led and convicted yeah. to go do and mm-hmm. to talk to, you know, people about. And I feel like that's just kind of been part of the journey. Part of the journey for mm-hmm. me is just still serving. Yeah. And being present. Um, and then balancing the books as well and kind of finding those opportunities to still give back while still being business savvy. Yeah. But it's it's been amazing. And I just um after meeting with all of y'all this weekend, I realized <laughs> I gotta get my prices together. Um <laughs> because there's also this element too, I think when you're an entrepreneur of I don't like the whole, like, know your worth thing. I think it's more or less like not being afraid and believing people will pay you what you say your price is. yeah. And actually realizing that the quality of what you do is just worth more than, you know, like what you have it as or like what your given heart is. Like people, Mm -hmm. they want to pay for this and it's okay. So I'm at that point now where it's like, okay, you've been coasting, you've been complacent, you've been so comfy And I'm going to, before God makes me uncomfortable, Uh I'm going to go ahead and do something else. Because I remember what it was like when I wasn't listening before. And I don't want to be back in that position. So it's been good. It's had its trials. It's had its, I'm glad that I can be in Miami just Mm -hmm. during the middle of the week and kind of living, you know, a very happy life and being able to do things like this and connect yeah. um, because as an entrepreneur, you don't have that opportunity all of the time to be around others. Cause we are, you're everything. Yeah. You're the billing assistant, you're the admin mm-hmm. assistant, mm-hmm. you're the, you know, photographer, you putting your phone over there, putting it on 10 seconds running to take a picture. <laughs> like you, do. you know, we doing a lot of different things. And so it's nice to just be able to connect, let your yeah. hair down um, and be around other great women who can empower you and encourage you and pour back into you. Um, but it's been great so far. The first two years, it'll be in September. Um, So I'm excited. Yeah. So both of y'all said two things
0: that I think just show a lot about your character. And I think I think those two things that y'all said are the reason why you're in a position where you are now and the reason why God is going to bless you so much. Because like Tish, you talked about how you didn't have like the money or whatever, but you were still trusting God. Like, hey, I'm in California. I got twenty seven dollars or whatever. No, <laughs> no, I believe you, cause you be on the move. I believe you. <laughs> so you didn't have the money or the bank account per se, but you were still out here doing what you had to do, still pouring into people. You know what I mean? And Janae, you said you were serving. I'm. Like I'm cutting out bills in this joint and somebody asked me to do something for free. Somebody else might be like, I can't do nothing for free. Free ain't going to pay my bills. I got da, da, da." you know how people get and, but you're like, no, I'm about to go serve. Like I got to go give back. So both of you guys, just that humility and understanding that even though I'm in this position right now, this position does not define me. And God has brought me this far. So he for sure is going to get me out of that position. How do you keep that though? In this world where it's like the second you pick up your phone, everybody is faking like they got it all together. Everybody got all the Chanel bags in the world. Everybody is doing so well and balling and all of these things. And here you are doing stuff, trying to do it the right way, trying to do it God's way. And in that moment, it's not working out. Like, How do you stay level-headed and not let that get to you so that you can continue to press through?
2: Um, a couple of things. I think I'm grateful that I do have discernment as a gift that I can look at things and see things for what they are and not what they're, what people are pretending them (laughs) pretending they
0: are. Yeah. Um,
2: because I kind of see that with a lot of, a lot of people on social media, so I don't even get caught up so much in that because I can look at that. Yeah, because like, you just
0: tell the example of what you just saw on the on Instagram, like twenty minutes ago. Okay, so okay, so not too long ago, I won't say exactly which. I've spoken at a lot of events recently, so
2: I'll just. <laughs> not too long ago, I spoke at an event, and this young man posted a picture from that event where he's standing up and he has a microphone in his hand, and he posted the picture. And it says something to the extent that he had the opportunity to speak um, at this event, and I'm I'm scratching my head because I'm like <laughs> I was a speaker at the event, and I know you was asking a question when you had that mic in your hand, <laughs> 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 right? And so like the ability to know. That all things aren't what they look like right. online is a right. gift that I have. <laughs> Cause shout people be trying it. <laughs> trying it. Um, but yeah, so just recognizing that all things aren't what they look like. Yeah. They might have a nice bag and that that Chanel bag might not be real. You don't know. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't know what's going <laughs> yeah. on. So um being okay with that. And I think just I think I was just raised well and like just <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) Shout out to the village, okay? Shout out to my grandma for being like, girl, don't get ahead of yourself. Right. Because I think I was just always taught to treat people like you want to be treated and to treat people with kindness and to... Um, and my family, we have the saying of like, you know how we do, which means the translation of that is we look out for each other. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. And so I translate that into every space that I go to. I mm-hmm. look out for people. And that always, always, always comes back to me in a blessing of some sort. There's people I looked out for 12 years ago that to this day look out for me whenever I need anything. They'll be like how can I hire you once so you can get on our health insurance plan at this way? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they be looking out for me in like the wildest ways yeah. and all from like very small things that were planted before. So I think that for me and my experience that has what has, has been what kept me humble and like not, um, not so caught up in what the rest of the world is doing mm-hmm. because I know that all of my blessings don't come in the form of, handbags or money or my blessings show up in ways that I need them to show up. And I'm always thankful for that. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. Mm -hmm. You, if if God said, Tish, you know what, you want all this money or you want to keep being blessed the way that you've been blessed. I would say, I want to be keep, keep being blessed the way that I've been blessed because I've never wanted for anything ever Mm -hmm. in my entire life. And even through this two years journey, now that I realize that this is like my two year anniversary, like close to it, I'm, I'm still like, mad oh, at dang, you. that's crazy. But Trish. I just realized how much I'm like getting emotional <laughs> about it kind of because I'm like, I realize that God has always kept me and I've never wanted for anything in those yeah. two years. I've never, I've never been to a place that I couldn't bounce back from. So mm-hmm. I would take those kind of blessings over monetary blessings any day. So I think that kind of keeps me, um. I don't know what the word you used was, but that just kind of keeps me focused on yeah. what God has called me to do because I really enjoy helping people get their lives together. Yeah. Like I love it. I, you don't, it's one of those things they tell you to do the thing that, um, you love the most. And I sit down next to people and I just help them get their life together, even when I'm not trying. Mm-hmm. So I just know that this is what I'm called to do. And I'm okay with that and not mm-hmm. worry about all the other things. Cause God has already told me like you, a millionaire is just not in your account yet. you okay. fine.
0: Okay. What about you, Janae?
1: Oh, so social media. Um, <laughs> I don't know what be going on in there, but I think one of the the biggest ways I'm able to not be influenced or impacted by that is because I just feel like I've always been the I. I've always been the eye person out anyway because. Yeah people never understood why I was so happy. Like, why are you so bubbly? Like, you cannot just be bubbly all the time like this. (laughs) was like, no, I really am. Mm -hmm. Like, online or offline. But people just really couldn't even grasp that. And even growing up, it's always been the odd person out. So I think I just kind of always grew up Feeling like the all out. And then at some point it became, that's okay. Yeah. Because, you know, growing up is all about acceptance. Typically, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be liked by your friends in middle school and different things. And I know it was a little quirky and I had all my stuff going on. And so now I think, you know, showing up on social media, it's like, I'm just going to show up as myself. You can take that. You can leave that. Um, and I'm just able to also stay offline. So yeah the importance to me is like, I have a lot of friend groups and I love that because I get to do different things with all of my friend groups and I'm intentional. Like um, you mentioned Tiff earlier, we have like a monthly girls date because we Mm -hmm. like to just be, actually connected in life we don't want to just be saying oh like oh that's my friend on social media tagging people and you don't even see them Mm -hmm. or you don't even talk to them and so that allows us to stay connected in real life and stay connected in terms of like what's actually going on and then you realize sometimes on my page you may see on my instagram stories i'm doing all of this but on the page you don't see anything from the past three weeks (laughs) i don't have time to take pictures when i'm actually out enjoying my life um and aside from that, um, I don't like when people take kids' trauma and try to like capitalize yeah. off of it yeah. and kind of be like this social proof. I don't need all that. Like, yeah. God keeps my checks coming. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps everything that I have to do coming without me having that social media proof. And that's important to me because those kids' stories, the things mm-hmm. that they go through, like it's important. And I struggle with that in my industry because people are like you need to capture footage. It's like, I don't want a cameraman in there while I'm talking yeah. to these kids about what's going on. I said, they start dropping tears and they like, well, tell the, cam- I don't want the cameraman in like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want anyone in there. Maybe that's selfish to me. I don't know. No, it's not. I don't want anybody in there while they're going through that. And so I think honoring their emotional space mm-hmm. is the kind of honoring that I had. And mm-hmm. in some cases wish I had, and I just honor that. Um, and I just, I just really, kind of like Tish. You treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah. But I also remember when I wasn't treated well. Mm-hmm. I also remember when people looked at me as a teenager and said nasty things to me or bad things to me or that, you know. And I'm like, mm, that can't be me. I can't get caught up. I have to stay on this path of giving light and and giving love. And that's just kind of my main focus. And when I feel, cause you know. Social media is real. Sometimes we're not being mindful of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I just remove myself. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, take the apps off my phone mm-hmm. and I just go about my business with my day. And yes, it becomes a little bit like you're just so used to clicking. But once the app is gone and then you don't click, you just get right into a whole new habit. Right. So when I feel like I'm checking in too much, I'm doing too much checking in, doing too much posting, I just unplug and mm-hmm. I allow kind of like, my mind to go free, God to like be repl- okay. Let's get you grounded and rooted again in what you're supposed to be doing, what's supposed mm. to be the focus. Because likes aren't checks, likes aren't coins. Okay, views, sprint don't care. It's not cash. Okay, <laughs> so I have the to mortgage just be company my don't care. nothing, nothing. And your impact, what, what's yes. happening? Yeah. If you're constantly online, you really aren't reaching the people that you need to be reaching or creating a content or whatever it is that you do. You're not doing it. If you're constantly online, trying to keep up with the Joneses.
0: I was going to say that too. Like impact is way better than influence. Mm -hmm. It's so much better. Like when I, I think every time I meet people in person, I'm reminded of that. And like this week really reminded me of Mm -hmm. that because I was kind of getting to the mindset of, should I be posting more? Should I be doing this? Like, I really don't want to do that. I like to be present in real life. I don't want to be an Instagram influencer. Like, that just sounds dumb to me. <laughs> like, no offense to y'all that's influencers or whatever, but to me, like, to for me to go about life and say I'm a social media influencer, I feel like is an attack to everything that God created me to be. It's like, just, yeah. So, but having that impact, like meeting people in person, they're like in tears because they listen to the show and it's impact them or they read my book and they're bawling because of how it's imp- And it's like, whoa, this is way better than any of that. Like, and um, I think I was telling Tish this and in addition to that, like um, it, I was talking to somebody who's really close to me and she's a, a prophet as well. And she was just – just speaking life into me about, um, things that God was going to do for me. And one of the things that she said that really like hit me hard was like, um, God was telling her to tell me like he could trust me with his people. And to me, that was the big, I swear you don't got to do nothing else for me. Like that was the biggest thing for me because I take so much pride in this platform Like I don't take for granted the souls that God has entrusted me with. And I take so many precautions to make sure, because a lot of people have church hurt and they come to this show because they do have a desire to please God, but they're listening to this podcast because they don't know what church they can go go to, to where they'll be handled properly, where they'll really be able to learn how to build a, a relationship with God. So they're seeking alternative methods. And so thankfully God has blessed me with like, a podcast and this blessed and bossed up platform. That's like a ministry in and of itself. Um, But for me, it's so important to make sure I take care of the people. Like we were talking earlier about just different content ideas and stuff like that. Um, And I was telling them, like, I can't have anybody a part of it because I need to make sure that because I believe, genuinely believe that a lot of church hurt doesn't necessarily come from the pastor being off, but the pastor putting people in position that are off. And so for me, I don't want to be so irresponsible to where I let somebody in and then they're a part of God's vision and they're poisoning God's people. I cannot do that. I can't live with that. And so um, it's just so important to me to make impact. It's so important to to hear these stories about people and more importantly to please God because you can't, you really can't give too much credit either to the people that's crying in your face because they'll be cussing and talking about you behind your back. Like, so the applause of man is cool. It may be an out-of-body experience in a moment, but please believe me, my validation only comes from one. So when she was telling, when she's telling me that God can trust me with her people, I was just with his people. I was like, whoa, I must be really doing something right. Like I just felt so good and it just affirmed to me that just what i said that impact is so much better than influence like we changing lives who cares what shoes we got on or what hair we we got on or what hashtag what hair we got on I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have even caught that if y'all ain't start laughing. I would have listened back to the podcast like, really, Tatum? What hair you got on? I mean, we're I mean, but it's facts though. <laughs> really not, but for real though, what hair you got on? <laughs> <laughs> Making that impact and really changing lives is lives is just so much more important than an affiliate code or somebody making a purchase because they came to your, your page. But anyway, back to you, Tish, like you talked a lot about the work that you did, the work on yourself and how important that was, but what did that look like practically?
2: Okay. So <laughs> practically <laughs> it looked like, um, so two years ago, I hired a business coach, but what everybody doesn't know is that I also had a life coach at the same time that I had a business coach. Mm. Right. And during that time, it's because I knew that I wanted to go further. Yeah. I was, I felt stuck. I felt like I was sick of the, you know, reg- living a regular life when I know God was, has never, ever called me to be a regular person. So I needed something that was going to take me beyond regular, degular, smegular. <laughs> and um, so I hired, when I hired my business coach, I actually started a life coaching program at the same time. And so what it looked like practically was me doing a lot of self-reflection, looking myself in the mirror and saying, what is it about, what is it about what is it about this that triggers you? What is it about that that triggers you? And I have this thing where I do like a nervous laugh at the end of things. What? Why do you laugh at the end of doing things? It's a coping mechanism. I had to realize that about myself so I could stop doing that kiki at the end of stuff that wasn't funny. Right? right? <laughs> because, see, this was funny. It's, I would, like, I, like I would do this weird giggle at the end of things that when I was uncomfortable and yeah. I'm like, you can't you to be a confident person, you can't be like confident and doing like a giggle because you're uncomfortable in a situation. So practically it looked at looking at things like that, looking at what were those tr- what were those trigger points in me that were keeping me complacent and mediocre and at oh you know, just kind of being like everybody else. So addressing those things mm-hmm. um were the practical things that I did. So over the last so that was 2016. So really it's been three years, right? So mm-hmm. it's been three years since I started doing those practical things, writing, writing, um, writing my prayers out, writing out my um my my self-care journal. The self-care journal I created, it came from me putting those things into practice in my own life and then being like, dang, you could share this with somebody else, right? So doing those very practical, tactical things was really important for me to get to the place that I am because I I refuse to be just regular. I I have a tattoo on my wrist that says star. I think I just told you why I have this tattoo mm-hmm. on my wrist. It reads star on my wrist because when I was in high school, I was like, you wasn't a loser in high school. You won't be a loser in life. And it sounds really funny, but it was like, it was my personal reminder when I was 18 years old to be somebody and be more than just, you know, a girl from Charlestown, West Virginia, just, you know, being regular. So for me finding those practical moments to take, to elevate myself more and more.
0: So what about then for the both of you guys, like the last couple years for it's been two years since being self-employed, three years for you since you started this whole evolving journey. So <laughs> how have you grown then? And as a woman, as well as how's your business grown over the last couple of years?
2: Yeah. So as a woman, I have grown in confidence. I have grown in uh, my ability, my ability to know my own self-worth. I have grown in my ability to. Just be very clear on my own goals and my own path, right? And so that has come through, again, prayer, um, kind of focusing in on myself, seeing what I needed to do. And uh, Tatum, we talked about this before, when when my first business was Where Do You Dream?, And that that business was birthed in 2014. In 2014, I was going through it. I was having a whole quarter life crisis. And so God revealed to me that that business was built out of brokenness. And I wasn't broken anymore. And I needed to change the name because I wasn't broken anymore. So as long as I was continuing to feed into a place of brokenness, brokenness would continue to fester. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to change the name of my business so that that could flourish and mm-hmm. biblically, mm-hmm. whenever whenever <laughs> God changes the name of something, it's an evolution of the thing, right? Yeah. And so, where do you dream was where would where do you dream was necessary and I, it needed to happen? But LC Global is the evolution. Of that. And because of that, God has shown me like this year is going to be so much different than every other year. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so much bigger. It's going to be so much greater because He told me to change the name and I did change the name. And when He calls you to change your name, He wants more from you, He wants bigger for you. And that is really what He has shown me in the last two years. Well, He's shown me over the last few years, really, is that he wants me to continue to grow so that I can continue to pour into his people and help them grow. Because that's really what I'm called here to do. You can put me anywhere on the earth and I'm going to pour into people. I don't care what's going on. So he's always called me to help people see the bigger inside of them. And he needed me to see the bigger inside of me first before I moved on
1: to the next thing. So for me, that's been the journey.
0: Okay. What about you, Janae?
1: Um, so the journey has looked different for me over the past, I guess, two years. So mm-hmm. initially I felt super confident being able to do it. Um, one because I've always just had that in me, right? Being an only child and kind of being an independent only child. Like people think and you know, only children are just completely, you know, like spoiled brats. Yeah. And I'm like, excuse me, I was independent and spoiled. Okay. okay. No brat. <laughs> I was both. <laughs> right? But no brat. Extra brat. Um and so I think that I've always had that independent, you know, ability in me and that ability to kind of like still be alone and make mm-hmm. things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing people say a lot is like uh, personal doesn't influence business. And that is so wrong. Yeah. It is so wrong. Like if you're not you know, in a good place, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, like that is absolutely going to impact your business. Mm-hmm. And so I think I did well initially because I had like a lot of adrenaline. I was excited. Then I kind of hit this low financially and then I was able to pick back up. But then I had to realize, Janae, you have mindsets that are not gonna go with you yeah. on this path of success. Yeah. You have these narratives that are not gonna be conducive to what you need to do, right? Mm-hmm. And one of my um, affirmations on my mirror is confidence is cash flow. And mm-hmm. that is like facts yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you have to be confident and when you're confident your cash flows and then mm-hmm. one of my other affirmations is money comes easily and frequently because if I kept telling myself that I couldn't do this that there's not enough money out there that no one would pay me yeah. for it it would not happen mm-hmm. so I literally had to change my mindset I literally had to keep those things on my mirror so that I can see them every day and remind Mm -hmm. myself as I'm meditating and remind myself as I'm talking to God and talking about million dollar ideas Mm -hmm. and all of these different things to keep myself motivated. And then I actually just had to go to therapy too, at some point, Um, like I'm still in therapy now. And it was hard finding a therapist, being a therapist, yeah, because it's like, <laughs> dang, like, you know, you know, all the ins and outs. So that mm-hmm. became difficult. Um, But I, I found a therapist because I didn't want, you know, all of those negative things or I did not want my life to be about proving someone wrong versus proving those that believed in me. Right. Yeah. And. So many of us do that. So many of yeah, us like are worried my about... My haters, my motivators. Right? And all that, why are yeah. we worried about them? <laughs> right? Can we worry <laughs> about the people that actually invested in you? Mm-hmm. The people that actually loved you? <laughs> like, that's who we need to be proving right. Mm-hmm. We need to be proving God right. Like those, Like, we need to be proving people right and not proving people wrong. And so, my personal journey was just a lot about that, changing my narratives, changing my thoughts around why I was doing this. It went from... I don't like nobody telling me what to do, you know, like working at a job to actually know like you need to be able to maneuver more to get to people more that mm-hmm. you actually need to help. Mm-hmm. And so it it was a lot about just growing myself emotionally and spiritually and I'm still on my spiritual journey, but it was a lot about being honest about that too, like, Hey, you, you're still on this journey. (laughs) You're still trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. and you're going to continue to do so. And God is still going to keep you held up as long as you're being honest about that, being open about that Mm -hmm. and just doing what he has called you to actually like do. Right. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we go off, uh, you know, of, of the plan. Um, and business wise, um, I'm just being challenged right now in the business. I'm being stretched really, really thin <laughs> um, because there's so many inquiries and different things happening. But there, there isn't time. So now I have to look at the structure. Yeah. Now I have back. to look at mm-hmm. what I have to do. And so many people don't realize that in business, they think once you start, that's how it stays. It's yeah. not. That's not true. Yeah. So now, within two years, I literally have to go back and restructure my entire business model yeah, because I have outgrown (laughs) what it was already. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And to me, that's a very special place to be in because I'm like, oh my goodness, how many more people, how many more teens can I impact? Mm -hmm. How many more teens are going to come up to me and like, oh my God, like that's you on the book or this book has helped me talk to my mom better. And we have a better relationship now. Like that like you said, like, that matters to me. It matters when I go to a school and they still remember my cute shoes. Y'all, I know Tatum was talking about cute shoes. <laughs> I wear my pink shoes <laughs> for every speaking engagement. But it's yeah. coupled with, right. right, the ability to help them navigate their emotions and not be harmful to themselves and, you know, still care about the others around them. So mm-hmm. I got to level up in my business, and that's yeah. a scary spot. But I'm going to embrace it because mm-hmm. if I've come this far, I know that there are more places for me to go. So, and I'm gonna keep going to therapy so I can tell to so dump all my business on her yeah. and kind of let her know, like, this is what I'm going through. These changes are a lot. And just being a a, a woman and, you know, dating emotionally, you know, just kind of just trying to juggle all of that at yeah. the same time. I think it's important to have a therapist and just talk about the different areas of your life. Because even when we're in business, we shouldn't be all... business business. you know and I think that that's a whole nother thing it's like we need to be sleeping we need to be eating right we need to be hanging with friends you know we need Mm -hmm. to be doing and nurturing all you know all areas of our life so that's just where I am right now in the place of nurturing all areas of my life and it feels good
0: yeah that's such a good point though I I think So many times, especially when it comes to business, you hear about the grind, the grind, the grind, the grind. And at one point I was all about the grind, but at some point grace got to get up in there at some point. You know what I mean? If you out here doing everything, then how is God going to be able to show you what he wants to show you or show other people what he wants to show them through you? Like God has a track record of using unqualified people to do great things. You know, because signs and wonders are not for us. It's not for the people who believe or the people who are at a certain place in their faith. Signs and wonders and these great things He does are for the non-believers, so that they can believe in that God. You know what I mean? And so, having that that grace and paying attention to the other details and not just being all about the grind mm-hmm. is so important. But I do want to wrap up the business part. I do want to uh, do a, a deeper dive into faith. But before we move on into that, what is some advice that you guys would give entrepreneurs who are either looking to be self-employed or or just on their journey of self-employment?
1: Um, I think the first thing that I would kind of say is just. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable, yeah. Um, because as soon as you think you have it, sometimes it falls, it collapses, you know. And you have mm-hmm. to be have somebody said this, and I don't know who said it you got to be married to the purpose and not like the path or the process. Somebody said something that, like that, yeah. And it was just so profound to me because that's true, you have to be married to the 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 um the the thing that god gave you to impact people with you have to be married to that yeah. and not really what the path looks like and i say it's really it's a journey it's really a journey it's not a destination so just always be open mm-hmm. to the journey um and that's it really just get comfortable <laughs> with being open being vulnerable and being uncomfortable yeah um but understanding that being uncomfortable isn't like an unhappy space and i think so many people look at the two thing and they think it's like the same and it's like it's not mm-hmm. being uncomfortable doesn't mean you're not happy or that right. you're not yeah, grateful it just means mm, this feels a little different yeah what am yeah. i gonna do with this but it's yeah. like be o- be okay with that feeling because that should be an indication that you're growing that mm-hmm. should be an indication that you know you're thriving and you're going you're on the right track mm-hmm. um so yeah be comfortable with being uncomfortable it's one of the first things i would say
2: about you tissue I have two things of course right
1: (laughs) um so my
2: I think just to piggyback off of what you said Tatum is that grace will always take you further than your grind yeah always and by the by his grace things will be revealed to Mm -hmm. you each and every day so um I went to um one church LA last week yeah last Sunday (laughs) and uh Pastor Torre said, you know, do things based off of revelation, not off of what you see, not off of your emotion. And I think in entrepreneurship that translates too, because we have to do things based off of what we see from God's perspective and what he tells us and not what we see in the world. If God told you to get off of social media, even though all the coaches in the world will tell you, you got to post, 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 then get off of social media and do there's other ways to do the things that God has called you to do. So just being, being really clear on that grace and revelation, I think is something that, I mean, I could give a whole lot of other tips, but, a tip that you would only hear on the blessed and boss up podcast <laughs> is to follow, follow God's grace and revelation and not the grind because the grind will run you into the ground. And I can preach yeah. on self-care all day. Cause that's what I do, but that's
0: what it is because people are too busy chasing the grind and not the grace. A word. Mm-hmm. Okay. You guys, well that wraps up part one of this conversation. <laughs> they like, well, part one, <laughs> We've been talking for an hour, so we got to end it here. And I'm going to do part two next week. That was like part one. (laughs) That That wraps up part one. I don't even know what this episode is called. Y'all going to find out when it gets posted. But that wraps up part one of this episode. Um, Yeah, so we're going to end it here. And then I will talk to you guys next week.